Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. You know, the thing, as we talk about the way in is the way on as we've been going through this series, you know, that phrase, at first it's like, what what do you mean by that? But this place of, if you think about Jesus' followers, you can imagine being them and he says, come and follow me. And they had to make that choice to trust that or not, to give themselves over to Jesus. And you think, well, why did they do that? It was kind of the probably a lot about the way on part. Like, I want my life to matter. He says he will give me life to the full. He says I can live in my identity and live in this freedom. He says that there'll be a, the things that he can do for me are beyond what I can understand. And, and I want to also be like this person, Jesus. I want to get close to him to be like this person, Jesus. And so what you fast forward and you look at the end of when they're writing, years later, these same people Man, did their life take the right turn? Did it not become full of life and be used and purposeful? And, but it happened because they followed Jesus. That means they trusted themselves to greater and greater degrees to the person of Jesus. They came to know who Jesus was. And in that relationship of Jesus, transformation, these good things and this good fruit came out of them. But the way they did that, they followed him in to all the parts of themselves. I mean, you guys, do, you guys don't understand you're a mixed bag, right? You're really good people. Uh, you're not really good people. I mean, it's, it's a mixed bag, right? And, and we often think as people what God would want, he, he would want us to get to a place that we could get things arranged in our life so we could better follow him. And the very things that often we find ourselves resisting and thinking are actually roadblocks to how we follow him, the paths we think are roadblocks, they're actually paths instead of roadblocks. And the way we follow Jesus is we follow him into things like we talked about, like we follow him into our anxiety and allow him into those places that he can show us himself and show us his perspective. We follow him into our insecurities we fall into our desires, even good and bad. We, all that we desire, all we long for, we allow him into those vulnerable spots because he knows who we are. And so this effort is really a place of, it's not striving, it's a place of yielding. And so today we're going to be talking, very good timing I might say, on the area of gratitude. We're going to talk about following Jesus into our gratitude. And I want to... And I want to um, just start with this verse, and we're going to come back to it. But I want you to just hold this kind of story in your head as we talk through the whole time, and we'll come back to it at the end. If you imagine this, this is on the way to, notice that Jesus, it's a lot on the way, everyday stuff. On the way, on the way to Jerusalem, he was, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered the village, he was met with ten leopards, who stood at a distance. At the time, they were unclean. There's, everybody just stayed completely away from them. They were put together off, away from the city. And they said, they lifted their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. 
And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. We're going to be just really, it's going to be pretty simple this morning. What this one out of ten person did is tremendously significant what the other nine did. And what he received and what came out of that was completely different. And we're going to talk about that. Now, when we talk about gratitude, you know, this place of following Jesus into our gratitude, there is a lot of study on gratitude. Who's kind of familiar with some of the studies on gratitude lately? Anybody? Well, there's lots. Uh, it's been kind of a, I mean, there's like, Tremendous, and once one study hits something, they said, we've got to try this again. So there's been repeated studies on gratitude. Uh, and so if you go and look it up, you'll see it just everywhere. And here's the thing. Gratitude's really good. <laughs> In fact, it's not just good. It's just almost amazingly good. It's just the, the, the stats, the brain science on gratitude uh, is just amazing. Now... For me, I am a person who often um, doesn't trust someone who's extremely positive. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm not saying it's a good characteristic. But if someone's really positive and I can't find anything, they just, you know, they just are so positive, I, I don't know about you, right? I remember one time we were in a... Bible study. Debbie and I were there. We were, I think we were married. This is like a small group, and we had, a, we had a Bible study at this person's house, and we really were going through some really dry times, but there's this one girl, that, a gal at the time, young woman, who had this positive attitude, right? And so she, in the, we had a time to share anything, right? Uh, pretty much share anything you're depressed about. It's what Pretty much the Bible study was. But we'll share whatever's happening, right? And my friend, this love Jesus, very positive, just begins talking about how good this was and how God did this and how God did this and how God did this. And I mean, I remember thinking, oh, you're going a little too far here on this Jesus thing, you know? It's like, and she was just sincerely sharing everything positive. And there's this one guy we had in there who had just become a Christian out of a really rough situation. I'm talking about a really rough situation. He was just trying to figure out Christianity. He had been through hell and back. And he's sitting there, and he's listening to all this, and he's looking at her, and his life's like barely on the, on the edge. And he goes, in the middle of, his, of this nice woman sharing, right in the middle of it goes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As a leader, I hadn't had training on what you do at that point. Uh, but here's what was so strange about it. 
You know how comedy is, whatever is in your heart and thinking, the comedian says it because it's there, and then for some reason it's funny? That story is funny to me. It's not sad. It should be sad. <laughs> but I just think there's often times we're caught in this spot in a world that we're suspicious of two positive people because this, if you're real, isn't this world pretty hard? Isn't there a lot of pain in this world? And so there's this thing of, of ditches we fall into, and one is that because of the pain, we become extremely mentally try to be as positive as we can about everything and deny pain and the difficulties and the things that are hard in this earth. And so we can just live in that. It's going to be okay. It's just, I think I can, I think I can. I'm positive, I'm positive. And, and, and I, I'm not saying that's uh, terrible, but it just is a ditch. Right? Because then you're not in touch with the reality of the pain of this world and having the compassion, all these things, right? But I would guess, since I've been your pastor, you're probably more in my ditch of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not quite in that ditch, but you're in a ditch in which that you literally get suspicious of two people who are positive, and you have a tendency of slipping into the spot of noticing and speaking about the things sometimes that are not great, right? Proclaiming them as bad. At the same time, as I look at my life, I, the people who, do you know those people who you're around and you say something and all of a sudden all their grumbling and, and, and all the things they're feeling that are hard just start coming out? And I'm not, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking about those other people, right? But they start coming out. I was at this wedding recently, and I met a complete stranger from out of town, and we're sitting together, and I asked him a couple questions, and all of a sudden, he began speaking declarative statements of horrible stuff, and I thought, it was like me trying to throw positive water on the fire, you know, just put it out, oh yeah, there's a good, and I finally just had to walk away because I couldn't stop it, right? So, so. It doesn't take a genius to realize, I don't want people who just share the negative. I don't want people just to try to stay in the positive. What is it that, what does it look like? And here's what I would say. Because, you know, in the vineyard, we talked about this at uh, uh, the Newcomers Hangout. You know, one of our words is real. We want to be an authentic community. An authentic community doesn't mean to be a group that just expouses pain and, and sadness right? So what do we mean by being an authentic community of faith? The way I'd say it is this, is I want to be a person who's really in touch with what's wrong in the world while living in ever-increasing gratitude. That is a beautiful thing, right? We can almost feel what that feels like, right? That person who's not unaware but is authentically grateful in all the circumstances they're in, right? Now, the studies have been pretty crazy. This is a study out of, uh, it's not out of a seminary, it's out of Berkeley, so very close to a seminary, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but this is a study out of Berkeley, and this is a study that's, uh, it's basically a study of, of, of uh, good, it's a good science center, 
and US, uh, UC Berkeley, and they've taken all these studies and put them together and wrote this paper. And there's a lot in it, but I'll, I'll just, these are some of the highlights it starts out with. This is what happens when they've studied, very detailed, study after study, when people are living in gratitude. They have better physical and uh, psychological health, and they increased happiness, life being satisfied in life, uh, decreases materialism, likely, uh, less likely to suffer depression or burnout, adopts healthier habits, better sleep, less fatigue, more resilient. I mean, the studies, it just, I mean, it just keeps going. I just had to summarize it. What's interesting is here's a st summary state what they say. Gratitude lives up to it, its reputation as the mother of all virtues. This is Berkeley. By encouraging the development of others' virtues such as patience, humility, and wisdom. So there's this, this thing in gratitude. Here's some verses I just want you, they're familiar verses, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, kind of we're setting a foundation, kind of just of what this looks like. So, in the book of James it says, don't be deceived. My beloved brothers, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to, a cha due to change. Paul says this way, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians, which Paul wrote from prison, finally, and justly imprisoned, he wrote this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any, if there is any excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I mean, we could just go on and on on many verses. We see it through the Old Testament. If you look in the Psalms, you look at G the coming to the place of coming to God and living in this place of gratitude and thanksgiving, right? So, you know, the, the, the Bible aligns, you know? What you see differently, though, in this place is that, you know, that there is these, that every good gift, it gives a source to those good gifts, there's a unique difference between that and the studies. There is a source of good. There are a source of these gifts, and that source is God. So this place is all gifts come from God. And then there's this practice of gratitude. What we see in all these verses, there's a place of choice that we practice gratitude. There's this place of participation in this relationship that we choose. And notice, when we are to practice gratitude, when is that? Pretty well covers it over and over again. In all things, in all circumstances, in everything, it just keeps going on. And then you look at the things as understanding that we practice it in difficult times. We practice when we're feeling great. 
when we're having struggles. It's not pretending we don't have those things. It's in those places we find this place of, of what, how we see, how God sees in that situation. Now, gratitude is this thing that is pretty broad. Whatever is good. I, I like this is whatever, whatever. It gives to, I didn't highlight the other one. Whatever. Because sometimes we think of big things and thinking, hmm, I won the lottery. I guess I should be grateful. Uh, I just got paid this amount. I should be grateful. I got a raise. I got this. I had that. I had, you know, had, had a kid. Should be grateful. I had a kid. That should be good. You know, so we have these kind of like big moments that we think, oh, it deserves gratitude, right? <laughs> what he's saying is, no, this is something that is very much a continuum in the way you live. It's in all things, very small things and very large things, right? And let me give you a few examples of, because I've been practicing. Like, okay, I've got to practice gratitude. So I'm paying more attention this week, right? So I just gave some lots of time for things that, that I just started feeling grateful for after I just was quiet before God. And there's quite a range. One is my home. It's a, this is one of the big ones. Because Debbie and I were in a spot we had no money and miraculously, we were looking to rent right as we were starting the church and coming on staff. And I went off to this vineyard uh, pastor's group. And a guy looks at me during the prayer time and says, no more tents, no more tents. And he says, does that mean anything to you? And I instantly thought, renting or buying? And he goes, you're not supposed to rent a house. You're supposed to buy a house. <laughs> And I thought, oh, and then I had Debbie feeling like God told us to stay in Kirkwood. Those two things do not line up. <laughs> and so uh, I said, yeah, I wrote it down. I went home, and Debbie said, I have this house I want you to see. Some of the... and we went over to this house that we live in now, and as soon as I walked in, I felt the peace of God. And then when a smart person on our board Jonah Shaughnessy finds out that because we've been in Palo Alto and even though we'd owned two other homes, we'd been so long, we now called a first-time buyer and they had this clause that you can pull 401ks out at no interest and no penalty, no penalty at all, and use this as down payment and lots of other amazing things. So, I'm telling you, when I walk in that house, I can feel how much God doesn't just, he cares for me. We, at the time, we had no idea. We have a church here. We had none of that idea, right? And, and it just, I can feel it when I walk in the house. I can feel the same feeling I had before. And I can feel who God is in that moment and how much he cares about things like that, which I wasn't expecting. The next one is taking out the trash. I do not like taking out the trash. I have Alexa remind me. And I actually get mad at Alexa. I know, I know. Alexa, leave me alone. I don't want to take out the trash. And it just keeps going off. And I don't know why. It's because I always get settled down. It's always cold outside. It's not even a hard thing to do. So I go and I get my trash. We have to get, so I'm hauling the trash out. I'm just kind of grumbly. And all of a sudden, there's this stillness. I sit there. And I realize, I'm looking up at the sky, 
and there's this gorgeous moon. It's not as cold as I thought it was. And I just stay there for a while, and I keep looking at the sky. And I remembered when I was, before I had a relationship with Jesus, deep space freaked me out. Like, woo! Don't, you know, I'd be, you, know, you guys have had it, right? You're in the pickup in some state. You're looking up, and you're wondering about, like, how small you are, and how you're a drop in the universe and you mean nothing and you're pretty soon you're like we got to stop guys you know so I looked up there and I felt oh this is just part of his handiwork for me while I take out the trash I just sat there and I could feel God's presence and I could just know that he was taking care of things now how can that happen I don't know but that's what I remember I have another one I thought about is that you know I uh I think about the place we had a, a Mark and Gail Pedersen, who are sending pastors. We had a long relationship. Gave us a electric kettle back before they were normal. Like only the Brits had electric kettles. The Americans didn't have any electric kettles. And they brought me some from Canada. They found this electric kettle that would heat water like that. And I remember how cool it was. By the way, you should get an electric kettle. I'll help you out if you need help on which one to get. But electric kettles are fantastic. And every time I'm like brewing my coffee or my tea and I set kettle, and even after I've changed models, when I, when I use an electric kettle, I think of God's faithfulness and the kindness of Mark and Gale. I, I, it's like it's, and how God brought them into my life. And I think about all kinds of things that are tied to that every time I use an electric kettle. So you need one, so I go to your house, so I can think about Mark and Gale as well. Or then sometimes it's just memories of times where, you know, one memory I have was we were in our living room. I will not tell the story because it's probably not appropriate for church, but it was with Annie. Annie may not know the gal. Here's my niece. And we were there, and my mom was there, and Debbie was there. And we got to talking about something, and something was said, and we couldn't stop laughing. We, my, we, we laughed. In fact, I can see every, if, if, if Annie's listening, where's Annie at? Is she even here? She's just, so if, if, if you, right now, Debbie's trying to hold, think about it. So it's like, we just laughed. We couldn't stop laughing. I mean, to this day, we can just say one word about that scene and we start laughing. And I just thought about how good God is that he has humor, that he actually has humor, that he, he loves us to enjoy just, if you're a senior and you have a kid that just is laughing their head off as a parent, it's, there's like nothing better, right? So, so as we look at this, as we think about what took place in this story, here you have this amazing thing that happened. If you can imagine and put yourself in this story where there's these people, and probably what we can tell by the context, it sounds like it's likely mostly Jews, and then there's a Samaritan mixed in, but the only reason they're hanging out is because leopards have to hang out with somebody, and they're outside of town, they're hanging out together, which is very unusual, likely, what took place. And all of a sudden, they, Jesus is coming by, and they decide, we're going to all ask him together. I can just see him like, ready? Here he comes. They keep their distance, but they begin shouting out to them, you know, have mercy on us. And so then he goes and he saw them and, and uh, he tells them to go to the priest. 
And as they're leaving, and these ten are leaving and walking away, all of a sudden they start noticing. Just imagine what this felt like. All of a sudden they start noticing, are you, are you, hey, Bob? You know, I guess it'd be, not Bob, but whoever it would be, some Jewish name. So, is that, is that, is that, whoa, 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 whoa. And they're all experiencing this, and they're, 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 they're healed. <laughs> and, I mean, here's the question. Was that pretty good for them, all ten of them? <laughs> Oh, man, it was really good for them. I don't think they said, well, I don't really care if I had a healing. Oh, it's a good thing, right? But one of them turned back. said, I got, this came from Jesus. And so they went back to Jesus and just began, you can imagine, shouting as they're coming towards Jesus and then dropping at his feet (laughs) and just thanking him for what he'd done. You know, you know, what is good in your life? Remember we talked about the whatever. Remember whatever is good. What is it? Whatever is good in your life. What is good in your life? Recognizing that and understanding that you can really take that in in the middle of all the things of life that aren't good. You know, it's, it's not denial. It's not being inauthentic. It's being actually moving to reality. It's seeing clearly. You know, this is... When Paul talks about this, he's talking about, he's talking about thinking about the good things. He's in the middle of an unjust prison sentence. You know, this whole thing of practicing gratitude, there's this kind of process that we go through in practicing gratitude. You know, it's this place in which that we understand that every good gift is from God. That is a really simple but very important thing to understand. Whatever is good, God is the source of that. Then you kind of notice what's good. Even God helps us with that even. (laughs) But we notice what's good, what is true, what is honorable, what is pure, what is commendable, excellent, anything worthy of praise. Like, what is that? And then we... As we think of it, we, sit, we reflect on that. We reflect on how good those things are. And then we thank God, praising God with a loud voice. We go to Him. We, we go to Him and say, thank you for that gift. And you, we understand who Jesus is. And we connect to Jesus by that turning back and choosing to give gratitude for what was good. I mean, I, I only talk to the parents. If you're a, not a parent, you can pretend like you are right now. But uh, you guys know this feeling with your kids when you love them so much, right? I mean, we're, we're sinful parents, right? But I mean, we can get this. You love your kids so much. It's deep in your heart. No matter what, you love them. And you want to give them every good thing you can. 
But you know that feeling when they're just not seeing it, not even aware of it, not even noticing it, or telling you they don't like what you've given them. <laughs> that, that feeling, right? You think, oh, you still love them. You're still right there continue to give to them, right? But put that in contrast to the time in which you have a child you deeply love, right? And you mix, fix them the meal, and you give them the gifts, and you give them those things. And that child understands, this came from my parents. This came from, you know, from a, this person who loves me. And they began receiving that gift and enjoying that gift, right? And that gift takes them back to the place of connection to the, the giver of that gift. And those moments are like amazing. That's the best part of the gift is a spot of that you begin express, experiencing, the child and you begin to experiencing the love that that gift was intended for, Right? But as, as humans, we can go through life and we can just kind of say, thanks, God. And sometimes we flip them off. <laughs> I mean, we go the whole range. But when we can really understand that every good and gift, perfect gift, and when we make this choice to begin living that truth and acknowledging that, it changes things pretty dramatically.